0: It's almost gonna fall for Martinez. Antonoff trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an
1: absolute peach from the Paraguayan Miguel Almirón. Atlanta United, in just their second year of existence, have won MLS Cup. Ojo con He goes! Gosh, our final—the nightmare is over. <laughs> <laughs> Our long nightmare, man. It's been uh, a rough season, man. It's been a rough couple I, uh, seasons. It's been a rough few seasons here now. <laughs> it's,
0: it's been three seasons of it. This it? is
1: my this is my sassy voice. Like I'm fed uh, up with all this, man. You should be.
0: You should be. Damn right. Yeah, Lady United eliminated from the playoffs. I'm Jay Sam Jones, by the way, from TheStriker.com and MLS. Joe Patrick, 94.9, the games. Jersey soccer is over there, and yeah, it's unacceptable. There's no like sugarcoating framing of it in the broader sense, right? It is unacceptable for Atlanta United with all its resources and all its support and everything that it has working for it to miss the playoffs under really any circumstances ever, ever, ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a it's not a terribly high bar to get into the playoffs in MLS. Uh, I really totally understand. Not. I totally understand the problems that the injuries this year have caused to some key players. But there's a difference in that preventing you from like winning MLS Cup versus just making the playoffs. I mean, that was still an attainable mm-hmm. goal for this team and they had opportunities and it just it just never happened. I keep going back to that Columbus game where there was just like no sense of urgency after they lost to a decimated Columbus team right before an international break, I think at the end of May. Mm -hmm. And um, it just seems like that was a constant malaise that was like on the, you know, just hung around the team forever this season. There was just never that sense of urgency, it seemed like. Yeah, no, I think you're entirely
0: right. And just looking at the teams that are still alive in the playoff race and comparing it to Atlanta United and their situation me go wait a second yeah <laughs> why is it I to the team on the the wrong end of this when you have inner miami who literally is can't <laughs> afford the same players because they're sanctioned right <laughs> who, who re-raid their entire roster this offseason oh, we came into the year thinking oh inner miami's doing an expansion year again yeah you know And then a literal expansion team in Charlotte is still alive, and you're not. (laughs) And a terrible Orlando team is still alive, who had plenty of people, who had Daryl DK, Nani, and Chris Miller go out in one year. They're going to make playoffs. And a Columbus team that surrendered more points from winning positions than any other team in the league. Is still alive in the playoff race. FC Cincinnati, <laughs> FC Cincinnati. Joe Patrick.
1: Remember when they used to be like a joke, like like oh, like that's an easy win, you know? Like mm-hmm. and not anymore. Atlanta United is basically like finished below team, like a, a team in Miami that is cannot go to a bowl game. Like they they can't go to a bowl game this <laughs> year. And you were predicted to finish way above them, and you end up finishing the season below them in the standings. I mean, we said at the beginning of the year, if they don't...
0: <laughs> I remember, we said, I think if they don't finish in a home playoff spot, something's gone wrong. Yeah, right. And, and yeah. now we're here. And now we're here. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, it's unacceptable. We just have to kind of say that right off the top. There should be consequences of some kind, I think. There, there should have been consequences before this in the sense of honestly, can we be blunt about it? I guess yeah. I, I might be blunt here. You know, it, most general managers and Carlos Bocanegra's position, most technical directors, whatever you want to call them, sporting director would have been fired by now. Yeah. Most people in the scouting department would have been fired by now, you know? And we have questions about this later in the show, but it's odd that they're just, uh, haven't been consequences of any, any kind for this. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about the need for consistency in some aspects of the team, et cetera, et cetera. But, it should never have gotten at this point it just shouldn't have it was all avoidable and i think we know that at this point i think someone asked in the discord where's all the like fallout from this last game and and all this kind of stuff and i was like well we've been doing that for three years now yeah
1: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) you know the fallout has been happening we've been consistently falling out for the better part of three years now it's Saturday wasn't so much of a, a fallout as it was a, a relief that we didn't have to keep pretending that this was a playoff caliber
1: team. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, there was. So I've been open and I think you have too, Sam, but like I've always been open about, you know, I cover this team, but I still want them to win. Like I, I, Absolutely. I root for the I root for this team to win. I want to watch them be successful and win games. Um, There have been a couple times where I have kind of not rooted for them to win and i won't say that this game was one of them but one of them It, it it's fam- a familiar feeling to one of the times i can vividly remember feeling like don't really want this team win which was on decision day in 2020 where they were one of the worst teams in mls somehow they still had a chance to go to the playoffs if they had gotten a result against the columbus crew on decision day that year and i think they may have needed a result to go their way or something but They didn't deserve it, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. just like this team is they've not really looked like a playoff team at any point this season, maybe except for like, you know, the first five games of the year or something uh, before Mm -hmm. some of the injuries happened. But it's just been it's just been rough. And unfortunately, (laughs) this is they're going to finish exactly where their performances have you know, deserve.
0: Mm hmm. I mean, those first five games, they still got waxed by Colorado in the second game. I'll never forget that. I think yeah. that was the...
1: No Ozzy Alonso in right that there. game, though, which was interesting. I, I just noticed that, yeah. you know, because we've been talking about how important Ozzy Alonso was and the fact that they won, like, what, three of their first five. And I think Drew one, mm-hmm. lost one, to that one to Colorado. And funnily enough, Ozzy Alonso didn't even play in that game. So right. of, of the games yeah. that Ozzy Alonso played in, they were <laughs> very good, <laughs> which is how crazy. How
0: crazy is it that we can look back at that and, like, it feels like such a distant thing that Ozzy Alonso had heart issues at the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: That seemed like that was going to be the biggest disaster of the season. Right. And it turned out he was fine (laughs) and everything got worse from there somehow. You know, it's, it's been a wild one, man. If we compiled everything that's gone wrong this year, it would be an extensive, extensive list. And I know Atlanta United has a list as well. Gonzalo Pineda told me that he has a list that they keep as a staff of all the things that have gone wrong externally mm. and internally at Atlanta United. Interesting. I would be fascinated to see what they consider <laughs> to be worthy of that list. I want to see this list. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because their <laughs> list is probably longer than ours.
1: Right. I'm I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, so, like like Gonzalez Pineda says, they have a lot more information. They see a lot more. So they have, you know, different and more informed insights into what has potentially gone wrong for them. So mm-hmm. As long as it's not like the envelopes thing where like Gonzalo Pineda made (laughs) envelopes as to who was going to disappoint them. (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, Well, there was a bit of breaking news this week as United took on New England. We'll get to it right now in business time. This is time Joe Patrick uh during the game university reporter Michele Giannone uh, reported that Joseph Martinez has requested a meeting with the Atlanta United front office after the season did he did he explicitly say requested or was this just a scheduled meeting
1: uh i don't know um no, i right, believe we that you're me on yeah,
0: we have requested in the show sheet i, I think this is just a, a scheduled meeting for for both parties um but that's Felipe, what that added that Felipe that
1: in his tweet wrote that Joseph has requested to meet but it's probably more of a formal meeting it's going to happen I would think.
0: right yeah this is going to happen another way Okay, so Felipe says that they just requested to meet Felipe also added uh, that the sides are not aligned at this time I think a lot of us could have assumed as much considering the general situation because Jim Patrick, here, here's how this is going to go down I think Lady Knight is going to say we want you to take a pay cut and Joe's going to say, make me.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not
0: obligated to do a dang
1: thing, yeah. is he? Nope, nope. The ball is firmly. Well, I, I don't know if it's really the balls in someone's court or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, Joseph basically holds the cards here. Um, he's under no obligation to have to change anything. And um, and nor should he. So, I mean, <laughs> I've said I forget when what kind of teed me off to say this but I I just feel like this club is not big enough for both Joseph Martinez and Carlos Bocanegra Mm -hmm. I think that those two personalities are like clearly at odds with one another and it's hard for me to see them both returning um, next year did you see the tweet that Joseph liked no (sighs) Joseph Martinez
0: this is still in his likes I believe as of this very moment he liked one of those thank you Carlos Bocanegra graphics (laughs) graphics <laughs> that fans have made <laughs> no. where the 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 indication there that the subtext of that is the uh obviously in the twenty twenty off season twenty nineteen off season when Elena was jettisoning all those players they were making those thank you graphics for whoever they were sending off. Thank you Julian gressel Thank mm-hmm. you. That's right. Thank you, darling Mac Yeah. And so you know Joseph is a very online person he is a, a b- very bright person uh we can't operate completely under the assumption he knew exactly what he was liking there but uh joseph probably knew exactly what he was liking there so that's a heck of a thing to to be on social media being like let me let me give this little heart to my boss getting fired <laughs> you know
1: yeah so yeah they're, it's a fair they're, they're a dot a small gesture that speaks volumes so it's going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out i mean i think that if you are Carlos spokanegra or an atlantic Knights front office you also have questions as to like you know what is the future for joseph with this club if is he going to be a, uh, just coming off the bench like a super sub like he has been and if that's the case you can't really justify that being you know holding a player like that on a dp contract so Um, maybe they you know explore trades or something like that Um, certainly seems like his value would have come back up quite a bit recently over this last uh, month or so joseph martinez has been scoring goals in mls when he has been coming on i think he's he's played this Mm -hmm. super sub role relatively well very well in fact um and he scored for venezuela over the international break so that helps as well so maybe his value has come up a little bit where he's more marketable or palatable for other teams but um i still think that it's a it would be a, a bit of a risky deal for other teams just because there's a lot of kind of unknowns there um, with his physical health. So it's kind of a fluid it's situation a point
0: in the, when Joseph scored that bike, which one hilarious on so many <laughs> yeah, levels <I> know. <laughs> first off, because Joseph has been attempting that exact goal for six years, it's <laughs> never worked. Not, not a damn time. Second, of course, because obviously of course, he does that on the day that there's this report that, you know, <laughs> they're having the big, scary meeting and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Of course, he does that. It's it's so extremely Joseph to, to score the best goal <laughs> of his life out Literally, of spite and nothing else.
1: For right? all of Joseph's greatness in Atlanta, at Atlanta United that was the best goal he's ever scored just like pure yes, oh, technique <laughs> Yeah,
0: most of his goals have come like within 12 yards yeah you know And yeah. he's just in the right position and, and gets to the ball first because he's a crazy person that yeah. was special you know yeah but as I'm thinking about that right now as you're talking about that maybe in a way it benefits Atlanta United because you're right that does say yeah of course he's healthy mm-hmm. of course he's going to put in the effort right wink <laughs> you know <laughs> And other teams are going to see that, and that does increase his value. If you were going to attempt to to trade him or or something like that, so maybe maybe it, it worked well for for all parties involved in in some sense. You know, it, it's just something to consider.
1: The question I have with Joseph, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Sam, is like you talk about you know Elena probably asking him to take a take a salary cut or whatever, so that he's not a DP anymore. Uh, or you know, uh, to essentially assign a new contract that would be yes. probably extended years and lower the lower the the AAV as I like to call it in the baseball world. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely lost my train of well, thought. But well, I mean, again,
0: no one, no one is obligated to take a pay cut, right? And if you're Joseph and you're clearly not enjoying yourself here right like why are you going to take a pay cut to just sit on the bench essentially yeah know, if, if that is kind of what they say your role is going to be you don't have to do it you can keep making the same amount of money and you know he's got a kid on the way like why are you gonna <laughs> yep. why are you gonna do that yeah you
1: know so i i remember what i was gonna say so like if you're joseph martinez Is there a situation that you would have that would be kind of laid out in this potential meeting in which you would agree to do that? Like, would it like if he's told by Steve Cannon that like Carlos Bocanegra isn't coming back and those two are clearly at odds, would that convince him to do it? Like, I don't know. You Maybe. mentioned this personal situation, and there are very much you know those kinds of reasons can influence a player to you know extend their career out longer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's very well like Joseph couldn't potentially make more money by lowering his his annual amount. You know, obviously, if you extend the years. So, but I don't know what is he on now. He, I mean, it would. Let me look this up because I have it pulled up. I mean,
0: any, any kind of one-time buyout would be pretty pretty extensive something like what 3 million
1: Mm, yeah he's on he's on 4.1 million this year so if you bumped put him down to 1.5 and extended him out you would still probably need to extend him pretty far out to actually exceed his potential earnings because even if he could run this dp contract down and he'll still probably get a pretty hefty contract with somebody else afterwards if he wants it like as a free agent you know if it ever would have gotten to that point
0: for sure so i don't know what's going to happen it's a mess all right, and it all kind of sucks because it wasn't the wrong choice to bank on Joseph getting back to to full strength. You know, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the wrong choice to give him that contract. But you have to make a tough decision here uh, for all the cultural reasons, right? For the the reasons people follow this team, for the connections they have to the best years of Atlanta United. It, the, all of those factors have to be considered in that decision. But Joe Patrick, do we want to let's dig into it just real quick? Sure, just real quick. Joseph has never been a player that is constantly in motion, that has never been his game. That is understandable. Plenty of the best strikers in the world conserve energy, but it is past that at this point, at least during this season, to where he. Is so low statistically in the ground he covers that he's in the one percentile for running, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's not the entire game, but it's part of it. So if your striker is is such a defensive liability and becomes a liability in attack because he simply won't move off the ball, then even if he is coming in against tired legs and teams that are are wearing down, and he's able to to find chances in that manner it does not mean he is worth a dp spot it does not mean he should be your starter that is where i'm at with this and i understand that people see those goals and say oh well he's clearly healthy every other thing besides those singular moments suggests that he's not or at least not in shape enough to, to appear that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yep i agree and you have to consider all of those things when you decide whether or not you want to spend a dp spot on a player
1: yeah, uh, and and Atlanta's team is kind of centered around this idea of like having young players who are energetic, who are going to press and they haven't done that and part of it is because actually one of the players that is core to making that kind of system work is the striker because the striker is the one who is mm-hmm. starting the press and nothing else really works if um the striker is not kind of covering the territory defensively that is required um in a kind of high block system like i think gonzalo Pineda would ideally like to run so i do yeah i totally agree that it's it's a it's a problem um and it's kind of I mean,
0: you can go ahead
1: well i was just i was just wrapping up i was just saying it's, it's a problem and it's one that is very core like it's like insurmountable if it's not functioning correctly
0: exactly uh you can look around the league at some of the other top strikers right and a lot of them are putting in that offensive work right? Tati Castellanos, was outstanding defensively before moving on. Uh Julian Carranza and Mikado for Philadelphia have kind of remade that team. Uh exactly. LAC wants and to move it? on from Chicho Arango, who scored 15, 16 goals this season, simply because he doesn't offer as much defensively. Mm-hmm. Now I think they may be over overvaluing valuing that just a little bit for how good Arango has been. But I mean, these are these are common themes throughout MLS, throughout soccer, and uh, I get it. I I don't want to act like I don't get it from people. Right. When you see Joseph do the things he's doing and and scoring late and everything like that. Yeah. But you just aren't going to get 90 minutes out of him at this point. Not right now. Now, is there a world where Joseph Martinez works himself back into shape and like shows up to spring training next year in the best shape of his life in a classic baseball (laughs) move? Right. And everyone's writing glowing articles about it and everything like that. Maybe. Maybe. You know, and that would resolve itself nicely. But I don't think you can assume that at this point. I just don't think you can.
1: Yeah. And I would I would highly doubt that something like that happens. And the reason why is because when you talk to Joseph, he talks about he almost like talks about himself being like a prior version of himself before the injuries Mm -hmm. and like who he is now. And it's almost like. He he accepts who he is now as a player who is just kind of like you know, broken to an extent, like like his body just does not function the way that it used to. And he might be right about that. He probably is like he knows his body better than anybody else. And he probably realizes that, um, you know, his knee will just never be the same. But. um, That's what doesn't really inspire any hope in me that he will ever be the a, a guy who's going to be able to play 90 minutes and and kind of, you know, frankly, be the guy that we've been talking about, a guy that can help you in the press and be this kind of energetic striker that this team so desperately needs right now.
0: Right. Exactly. I I think just the biggest point that I keep kind of of coming back to is just the fact that like everyone's mad about him not starting because he keeps scoring. But have you considered that he's scoring because he's not starting?
1: Yeah. Like
0: that's that's just what I keep coming back to. You know, he's being put in the best possible position for him right now
1: yeah and that's what it's like he's succeeding in this role that he has he's Mm -hmm. it's probably the ideal role for him to be perfectly honest at this point in his career yeah but is that does that justify the expense of you know rostering him as he is as a designated player obviously the answer to that is no so that's the conundrum right there yeah
0: so it's a mess this whole thing is a mess there's so many contracts just kind of going through it where no one is obligated from the player's perspective to do anything, even if Atlanta United ask really, 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 really nicely you know mm-hmm. to, to lower that or, or move on or, or whatever, right? So you have to get creative in the ways that you're going to solve these problems in the offseason and it's a lot to deal with. Also a lot to deal with Jeff Patrick, the Sports Prime Game Time theme song, which is starting now Sports from game time. Sports from game time. Sports from game time. Sports from game Sports from game Sports from game time. from game time. Joe DiMaggio. Sports from game time. Sports from game time. Sports from game time. Sports from Sports from game time. Sports from It's sports from game time. it's sports from game time. Sports from sports from game time. It's sports from game time. sports from game time. All right, sports from game time. Uh, we're not gonna actually talk about the game because i don't think we really saw all that much of it and it didn't matter i'm not gonna go back and watch it because i just frankly don't care season's over
1: i couldn't see the game for the 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 beer cup that was in front of my face just (laughs) constantly downing bud light throughout the entire game it was so fun we uh we're very fortunate that we have, you know, our our patrons and whoever else. I don't even know if everybody there was a, a Patreon subscriber. It was kind of open to anyone. But um, we had a great get together at uh, Oz Pizza in East Point, um, owned by Chris Wiley, the mm-hmm. father of Caleb Wiley. Um, very gracious host. It was a great spot. Perfect day for it. And I just had a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, that no, totally is. Spot's so cool. It's right next to East Point Marta Station, which has the uh, the soccer field right there and it was perfect right it was and perfect it was actually a perfect showed day. Up. yeah people actually, <laughs> people showed, actually up. showed up I, I genuinely can't believe it i think everyone yeah. kind of walked in and said oh wow people are here which i did too so you know <laughs> it, everyone who showed up we really really appreciate that and, and we're shocked that it even happened in the first place uh we're shocked that anyone listens to the show and that's my biggest takeaway from from this game right is that it happened at all so thank you that's all we got anything else chip patrick
1: no what was great was like at the end of the game i was just thinking to myself like we definitely had more fun than any other atlanta united fans watching this game (laughs) (laughs) that's probably true i think that's probably true true. but yeah no there's there's not much to talk about from the game nobody wants to hear a breakdown of how they couldn't you know generate shots yada yada same stuff different day right yeah i mean it's season's over
0: couldn't really generate shots two critical errors defensively ruined you i'm going oh through God. i'm having the, a piece the penalty on... was
1: hilarious the penalty was that really was funny hysterical. we all yeah. watched alan franco just like stand there and watch the ball <laughs> bounce <laughs> and, and Cadinho take the card uh, a
0: little, little, little uh, form tackle there on i don't even know who was starting for anyone was it Rennix? i don't know
1: i really do i, I think that the uh, the international break kind of screwed atlanta united not that it, i think it would have mattered anyway if they were to win both these games it would not have but um the international break i think really kind of just inter- it interrupts form it really does and this team played some of their best games in the couple games leading up to it but then i think it was a pretty predictable outcome what happened
0: Exactly. Uh, like I said, I'm going through all the goals they don't even allow this year for a piece on the striker that should be up. Uh, oh my today, god!
1: Tuesday. Yeah, I'm looking at all of them.
0: All you through, like fifty something of those things.
1: Masochist. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I am. I, I kind of have the breakdown <laughs> of it off the top of my head. I don't have the sheet in front of you that I've been doing, but I kind of broke it down into like goals where you got beat. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you just tip your hat and say, yep. "All right, that was pretty decent." Uh, there weren't. A ton of those Um, goals where the (laughs) team kind of made like a critical error, like a giveaway led to bad positioning, etc. And the goals of like an individual error, I think I counted 19 goals that came directly from an individual error. Seems Uh, about right. Probably like I I think 18 from a team perspective and then like 18 where they just got beat. I, think, I don't think the math works out on that, but those, that's that's how it worked out.
1: I think those individual errors are why Gonzalo Pineda one has seemed so frustrating after games sometimes and two just like mm-hmm. unable to really explain. I mean, he could explain it, but he doesn't want to, you know, throw his players under the bus <laughs> by just saying like he should have, you know, done better there. But uh, really, I mean, that is I mean, that kind of perfectly breaks that down. Exactly, exactly. So I'll go into depth on it more, but
0: just know that that Rocket Rios Nova was involved in a lot of those. <laughs> individual errors <laughs> uh, and, and the goalkeeping as a whole was, was yeah. less than stellar even when Brad Guzan is in which a lot of people mm. well, I don't think we want to have that conversation mm. yet that Brad Guzan was not playing super well even before he got hurt and we don't know how he's going to be when he comes back from yeah. East, yeah. next year and that could be a really big potential issue we have to deal with yeah,
1: yeah. I think you're um, if you think Brad Guzan is going to come back and just kind of be the every game starting goalkeeper and that's going to solve all a lot of all those issues or a lot of those issues at the back i think i think you're mistaken unfortunately um there, there's a lot of unknowns there with his return i'll say that
0: a ton of unknowns for atlanta united this offseason. we're going to break all that down and more uh, especially on the patreon patreon.com slash five strike final join about 250 other folks who subscribe and listen to us talk really 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 in depth about atlanta united uh yeah, just
1: into it. Yeah, and and we'll have stuff going all throughout the offseason. Um we don't we don't stop on the Patreon. This podcast will stop after the final game. Uh we'll do one more, you know, recap kind of like this. I don't know exactly how it's gonna be formatted after the cause this is kind <laughs> of some of the postmortem of the season. Um, but this the free podcast will stop, but on Patreon we'll keep going. We'll have uh World Cup stuff going on. Um, you know, we'll continue to invite guests whenever there's uh, whenever there's at late night news I'm just talking we'll just generally talk about things from 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 time to time about what's going on in the World Cup so um Sam's Sam's getting nervous here so <laughs> but uh I talk no we'll we'll, we'll we'll yeah. keep it going we'll keep it going on the Patreon all throughout the offseason and keep everybody up to date if there's major breaking news like if something happens with Joseph we'll obviously get back on this podcast feed to talk about it but um yeah definitely hit us up over there if you're interested in keeping up throughout the offseason
0: yeah, we, we we ain't gonna do uh hour-long podcast with like god dang super draft or we're, something yeah like yeah we're definitely on.
1: not doing that we're definitely not doing that it'll be fun just fun stuff all right um Maybe you want to go to <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to questions let's do it let, let, let's, after let, this yeah. quick break did you do it <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Uh, did want to just remind everybody that this episode of Five Stripe Final is presented by Lucid FC. They've been great partners with us again all year this year. So huge shout outs to them and everything they're doing. Um, really can't say enough about them. They have a shop in Buckhead that's open by appointment and walk-ins from 1 to 8 p.m. daily. It's located at 3209 Paces Ferry Place, or you can visit them online at lucidfc.us. And if you go there, you can use DSS as your season long promo code for free shipping within the United States. They've got new releases every Thursday there at lucidfc.us. So go check them out for all their new stuff. And they're going to have events and things going on around the World Cup as well. So um, they're excited for that. Follow LucidFC on social media at lucidfc pretty much everywhere to stay up to date with everything that they've got going on. Should be a good time.
0: Proud of you, Joe Patrick. Try to Lucy. That was smooth. We, that was smooth. We, we, all, we all made it through this season together.
1: We did. As a, yeah. team,
0: as a team. And our team right now, Joe Patrick, has a whole bunch of questions for us. Paola starts us off and says, can we be a Braves podcast now instead? I would be okay with that.
1: We should do we should do an episode of just like a Patreon episode of just non-Atlanta United other Atlanta United sports. We could just do oh a, hell yeah let's do it do a break. We I could do a, a break episode
0: podcast. for the uh, for the national championship. I was like I yeah to that's talk right. This. I was so nervous. <laughs> that was hilarious. So <laughs> I just did like thirty minutes of, of deep analysis on <laughs> Georgia Alabama. It's,
1: so we might do that. Might that's end a end good working out for me.
0: It's a good idea, Paula. Right, appreciate it. Yep. Uh, Jake Plunkett says now that this thing is finally dead, how much faith do you have in Beneta? Going forward. Um, hmm. It's a fair question. Mm-hmm. It's a fair question. that Have we both kind of set the timeline at like, if this isn't figured out by summer, then yeah. probably think about moving on. But as far as faith goes, yeah. I, I'm team blame the, the general manager rather than team blame the coach on most things. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think Gonzalo would admit that this year has been a learning experience. And I think you're kind of investing in those learning experiences paying off for a young coach. Um, do I have a ton of faith in that? Maybe not, but I think I have an understanding that if it does pay off, it will pay off in a big way.
1: Mm, yeah. I like that. I, <clears throat> uh, Jim Curtin was on with uh, Paul Tenorio on uh, a podcast they've got going on over there at the athletic. And I just saw the clip they post on social media but at that point, when he started talking, I hadn't realized how long Jim Curtin has actually been there. And the fact that mm-hmm. he's actually been through like th- they've been through like three general managers all while keeping Jim Curtin as the head coach. And that kind of really made an impression on me and how I think about Gonzalo Pineda and his role as Atlanta United's coach, um, which I think is obviously says, like, you know, you need to think about this guy as as somebody who's going to be here long term, especially as a very young manager like he is like he is not the best version of himself at this moment. Like you said about talking about learning, like he's, he's getting better. He's making mistakes. He's hopefully learning from those mistakes. And I think that that's what we look to next year is to see, you know, how much. in imp- how much has he learned? Like it will, will he change his kind of tenor with media with kind of like the, the urgency that he puts on, you know, bad results, not saying that he has to like, you know, get more urgent about them, but I think in some situations um, it'll just be telling to see how he reacts compared to how he's reacted at times this year. So um, I think the jury's still out. I'm still generally positive on Gonzalo Pineda. I think the best way to kind of answer this question would maybe be to put it on like a scale of sorts, like, if like 10 was full confidence and zero was no confidence, I would say I'm probably at like a seven or a six, yeah. like somewhere like generally positive, but not kind of fully all the way there.
0: Totally agreed. Totally agreed. I, I think he will learn from all of this, you know, yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would be stubborn enough to not do that. So yeah, I think, I think it can, and it probably will pay off long term for Atlanta you know, United and uh, it seems as a whole as long as they get this offseason right you know mm-hmm. there's a world where none of the spots get fixed
1: yeah I guess to more succinctly wrap up what I was saying is like Gonzalo Pineda is the kind of coach that you want to keep around longer he's not the kind of coach where you're trying to bring him in to like win you a championship you know like he's not like mm-hmm. a a Frank Boer or a you know a Gabriel Heinze who like you're coming in for a very specific short-term objective like gonzalo pineda is the kind of guy who you ideally want to be manning the ship for a long time
0: which is why the 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 ix stuff was always so weird mm-hmm. like about yeah. frank like people are like oh we're gonna be the next ix and then it was like he's gonna be gone in like a year <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <we> talking about? <laughs> yeah. All
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> anyway i i think the biggest thing too that i kind of keep coming back to is that the culture never seemed too poor in the locker room obviously there were, were little dust ups with like joseph and everything like that but i think those were handled appropriately mm-hmm. and the team as a whole doesn't seem to be miserable in the locker room if that makes sense you know it, it's a good group uh, and it just needs better soccer players so <laughs> to, to really be uh effective but those things pay off they do do the bonus question Jake has here is why do you think he values consistency so much didn't really help I kind of disagree that I think it did kind of start to help in the last few games there Uh, obviously didn't help much Saturday but it did start to help and we're talking about a guy who comes from the Brian Schmetzer school of doing things and has been heavily influenced by Brian Schmetzer and that has been a pretty central tenet of Seattle uh, for the entirety of Schmetzer's tenure Right, uh it's interesting to, to kind of look at the parallels between the seasons with Schmetzer and Paneda this year and see that uh, a few critical injuries kind of derailed things for both sides you know in ways that eventually ended up not being salvageable, but obviously, we know the success that Seattle has had, and a lot of that has been predicated on a pretty straightforward and simple approach from Brian Schmetzer, which is get the best players you have on the team in their best positions and let them find a steadiness, find yeah. a, a chemistry, and that takes time and consistency.
1: I mean, every every good coach has a consistent lineup that they tend to use. Like Tata Martino only used like thirteen players ever. <laughs> he, he, he hated <laughs> having them, to use for like For some other... <laughs> godforsaken
0: reason, was Kevin Kratz. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. That's That was that was harsh on Kevin, who was the, legitimately good when yeah. he came into those roles. We should, but we should um, try to get him um, on. By the fun. way, we'll
1: just delete that part yeah, let, don't he's, let him hear he's that an academy but coach yeah, right now. yeah yeah i don't know if y'all knew that yeah um but yeah i mean like all good coaches like my favorite team tottenham your favorite team liverpool i'm sure has like yep. lineups that they go back to for you know um when they really need to get results so that's not anything new it's just again unfortunately like injuries really kind of prevented him from using those lineups so uh, i don't think it's a i don't think it's kind of like a a fallacy that um consistency does help there was just one point in the season where he like he used the consistency um excuse i guess for like not starting tiago amada uh, when they went to la to play the galaxy which uh, that just still doesn't make sense to me but
0: <laughs> i know you, i know you don't believe me but i legitimately think he's telling the truth there. <laughs> That's wild. Th- That's wild. <laughs> I mean, he was, again, he was wrong, but I <laughs> right. think he was telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I agree. I, I, I agree with you there. But, um, so I guess I should say like, sometimes I guess the consistency thing can go to an extent where I think it goes overboard, but in general, I agree with him there.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Chris F says, would it be possible to re-sign the guys that are currently being overpaid longer contracts that pay less per year to make them more tradable? Or is this overly optimistic? Again, I think we can go back to the Joseph thing. Like, this is a two sided deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have everyone involved, and that includes the players who have to agree to these things, and they have no obligation to do it. None. So I think that is probably overly optimistic. Yes.
1: Yeah, agree. And I think that also, just quickly, I think if you are doing that, it's not with an intention to trade that player. I don't even right. know if that would be legal yeah that <laughs> might be frowned upon know, honestly the yeah. cba
0: may may say hey let's not do that yeah so. so yeah isn't that fun isn't that fun we're gonna have a big like
1: <laughs> <I> roster
0: <laughs> breakdown show on the patreon where we go
1: uh oh yeah we need to like uh, yeah, create an excel sheet one where you're on his really to,
0: and, yeah exactly <laughs> and he's making 500k here okay. <clears throat> uh let's see uh i don't even know how to say the name we'll call him badcom Says, how many goals will Joseph score for Orlando next year? He won't go to Orlando, y'all. They they won't be that dumb. But he might go somewhere else in MLS. It's entirely possible.
1: If he does go anywhere else, he's definitely going to score against Atlanta whenever they play. Like, um, I exactly. would I would bet on that.
0: Exactly, exactly. But what? Let's reframe that. What is the ceiling for Joseph at this point? Is it 15
1: goals? Yeah, Something that's, like that's that? the that's the exact number actually that just popped in my head. 15 goals. Um, I think wherever he goes, like again, the the issues that we said that uh, Atlanta United would have with you know rostering a player like him, I think other teams would have. So I think that he would go to a team where, um, he probably would not be like a, a starter every game or a starter that goes 90 minutes. But I think he still would be able to collect 15 goals or so over the course of a season.
0: I keep kind of coming back to the fact that it's like kind of weird, but Atlanta United has got a decent amount of production out of striker <laughs> this year. I mean, between Dom, Cisneros, and Joseph, you end up with like twenty something goals.
1: Dom has been pretty efficient with exactly, his goals points, exactly. So, and Joseph it's too. Actually, that has been lacking, right? You yeah, to make
0: this a more cohesive unit, and, all, and that's why we keep saying that we have three really solid backup strikers <laughs> yeah. right now. So. Uh, Curse of kids says, do you trust this front office to get rid of Joseph and adequately replace, replace him adequate being around 15 plus goals? Uh, we kind of get asked about trusting the front office about these things. And frankly, for me, the answer is, is no, honestly, considering where we're at with not only the, the track record of Bocanegra and company, but. The The scouting that has been largely lackluster in many cases for the last few years with Jonathan Spector at the helm uh, with the fact that there's a very small and by small, I mean one person analytics department at Atlanta United. Um, the, the infrastructure doesn't seem to be set up in a way for us to feel like they're going to hit on nearly every signing the way a team with their resources probably should And that's just I think that's objective, right? I think that's just honestly the reality of the situation, you know?
1: Yep. Yep. Totally agree. I mean, I probably have more faith in the front office to be able to sign like a designated player that could replace Joseph Martinez. I actually have less faith that they are able to sign players throughout the meat of the roster that will that will, you know, be adequate um, players for this team, especially it seems like the younger the player, the I guess that it's kind of that's kind of natural, like the younger the player, the the more like you, likely you are to miss on them as a, from a talent perspective. But, um, yeah, I mean, basically what we're both getting at is that there's not a lot of trust there or faith that they'll get any signing. Right. Really? I mean, and I think that that's mm-hmm. uh, people are totally right to be skeptical about that.
0: Totally. Based to on what fair, they've seen, they've gotten a few things right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hasn't I mean, all, it hasn't all. Yeah. It
1: hasn't all missed. But but
0: the thing is, you should be. You should, that's the that's the low bar we're trying to clear here you know <laughs> right. it's great that they were able to find a couple of effective backups this summer, but that wasn't it clearly wasn't enough to to save the season, you know, and it, it shouldn't have been a season that needed to be saved in the first place, and a lot of that is down to the fact that a couple of years ago you constructed this roster in about as poor way as you kind of possibly could in a lot of senses and you hamstrung yourself, you know. You don't get you don't get rewarded for that because you got a few things right now, you know. That's just not not really how it works. Now, it, to be fair, we, we're talking about Gonzalo learning things. It's totally possible that the front office has learned from this in some sense, but I'm not sure you, you can bank on those things. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. You just can't.
1: Let's go to the next one. Are we oh, talked
0: about like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, real quick. Yeah. Like. It's hard to get rid of people at the top of things when they're like the person under the person at the top, because that would mean the person at the top admitting they failed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they made the wrong choice, mm-hmm. and that's just not something that happens a whole lot in, in life, does it, Joe Patrick?
1: <laughs> I mean, other MLS teams seem to be able to do it relatively, <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is a, a I great like, segue. What, what do you, you generally
1: see? What do you generally see in MLS like? A couple GMs get fired a year or something like I feel mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a says, two or three. Uh,
0: Stuart asked this. Could you describe the circumstances in which other MLS GMs have been fired in the past and how they compare it to Boca? Uh, other MLS GMs have been fired for a whole lot less. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I need to even elaborate more than that. To be totally honest. You know, you, you've got three years of, of relative. Inefficiency and lack of success. And, you know, it's not just on Carlos. It's on Darren, too. You know, yep. Yep. It's on all of them. Right. So I don't know. It, a whole lot less is how I put it.
1: Uh Omar says, will getting rid of Joseph be the best thing Panetta has done for the team, or will it be the final nail in the coffin for Atlanta United, especially judging by the fact that Joseph's uh, performance has been subpar, only saved by the fact that there was no one else that was better.
0: Joe Patrick. You cover the Braves from time to time, do you not? Mm-hmm. How much has losing Freddie Freeman hurt their attendance numbers this <laughs>
1: year? <laughs> not at all. They've sold out like half of their games, which is crazy. They're like top two or three in attendance, fourth, and the, yeah, uh,
0: fourth in the major leagues in total attendance this year. Fourth with they probably a, a smaller stadium. I would with think with a smaller than stadium the, yeah. than a lot of other teams. Yeah, yeah. You put a winning product on the field. Uh, I, people do have their attachments. You yeah, get it. You know, and we're not saying that like losing Joseph is going to be a boost to anything. Every, every Atlanta There's United a fan product out there should be a Joseph Martinez fan forever.
1: Like, like that. And totally. like, Absolutely. no matter where he goes, like you should root for him and everything. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. When
0: we say build the statue. We're not
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be deserved.
0: Um, honestly, honestly.
1: But I think, I mean, I personally, I just like my thought here is like, I feel like moving on from Joseph would do a lot for this team just in terms of move just mentally like moving into a new phase um yeah a new chapter so to speak because they always like to they used to do like the chapter every year was like a new chapter but really it does feel like this club like kind of needs to to me at least feels like they need to like officially turn the page yeah i don't think that's unfair
0: yeah i think in an ideal world joseph just it's really, really healthy, and everything is fine. Yeah, you know, but I, I just don't think he trusts his knee enough, or believes in his knee enough to do that at this point. Yeah,
1: and it's not just Joseph. Like I would also say, like same with Carlos Bochner. Like I feel like you yeah. could say the same thing about him as well. So it's like there needs to be more of a a re a rebuild, so to speak. God, that's a that's a sad word to say, but yeah. like a clean and slate,
0: I guess. I think we say this a lot, but we we never like go into this thinking like oh let's let's call for someone's
1: job i know i hate it right? yeah yeah that's L- not what it's it about it doesn't
0: feel good for us at all that's not what we're really about but if you're asking us what would objectively be the proper move for this team i think we both lean towards that being the proper move for this team in a very
1: objective sense yeah you yeah know? yep yep it's the way sports are man it's a it's competition i'd rather to-
0: we would much rather everything be great. and Everyone be winning.
1: Right. <laughs> we <feel much> <laughs> yeah. Us. Trust us. Yeah. I think everybody uh, can get on board. with um, that.
0: Let's see. Panetta had 17 says, do you firmly believe that even one MLS coach would get this team and its baggage to the playoffs with all the injuries and general ineffectiveness?" I'm not convinced even Jim Curtin or someone on that level could, but I'd refer to your judgment. I thought this was a question was really interesting. It was asked in the discord and originally I, I told him to, to move it towards just the questions, so we could address it mm-hmm. on the show. And thinking about it, if we want to start at Jim Curtin, what those high pressing, high transition things do for you in MLS? They raise your floor, right? There, there's a reason the Red Bulls have made it'll be 14 straight right. playoffs at this point and not won a damn thing when they got there. <laughs> they raise your floor yeah. a lot in MLS. And, you know, if, in the regular season, where things are determined on very, very small margins in MLS, which is why home field advantage is so critical and everything like that. Uh, when you have that kind of system in place, you're able to gather points mm-hmm. in the way that other teams are not, even if your top level is not as high as other teams. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Can we totally. Kind of preface it with all that. Yep. So, frankly, I think a Jim Curtain would make the playoffs of this team. However, would a Jim Curtin system turn this team into an MLS caliber team? MLS cup caliber team? Probably not, is my take. Right? So I think that's kind of what we're working with
1: here. Totally agree. And
0: I think eventually, if the right pieces are in place, the system Gonzalo Pinedo wants to play, which is predicated on controlling games, predicated on on creating a high volume of chances, and predicating on, on being on the front foot, et cetera. Is a good way to win MLS Cup in the end. It is, you know, mm-hmm. if you have the right pieces in place. And if that's the goal for Atlanta United, which it is, I, I think you can lean towards that being effective eventually if the roster is in the right place.
1: Totally agree with you. To answer Panetta Head's question, yes, I do think a different coach could potentially have gotten the same team with all the things that have happened to it to the playoffs. However, no coach could have made this team an MLS cup winning team. Yep. The yeah, talent just something. wasn't there on the roster. Like, I don't think you can win MLS cup with a DP that says, you know, in and out as Atlanta United's DPs have been, whether it's due to injury or consistency form, whatever it is. We're taking shots from 40 yards away.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Luis. yeah. I don't, I don't think Tata gets this team to no, that level. I don't think so either. I, I just don't think so. You know, mm mm-hmm. Kurt says, "Do you think in trying to fix the on-field product that Lady Knight at risk further hurting the cultural product? Or to be extremely specific, would getting rid of Joseph be deadly to a franchise that hasn't proven they can find one in-house or on the market? I think we kind of already addressed that, but this team does need more heroes in a lot of senses. You know, I've kind of noticed like the, the social team kind of gravitating towards Gutman a little more mm-hmm. as of late. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and it's totally deserved. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you, you need more of those guys." You need more of those guys to to really connect with the team.
1: One of the things they have to do is they can't. It can't just be a social media phenomenon where like the like you know it's just like social media hype. Like Mm. you got to get these players out in the community. You got to like do more physical, real world stuff. And then you know part of that is you know physical, real world stuff is on the field. (laughs) You need like you know players to be successful and the team to be successful and all that, but. You know, when I think back to some of the like 2018, 2019, I think about like a lot of like I remember going to like a school where there was like, you know, like Tito and uh, some, you know, a few other players, they would like bring a handful of players to a school and they would do a big event. And um, it was really cool. And like those are the things that just don't seem to happen ever since like COVID, which, again, partially that's understandable coming out of COVID. But I think we're now at the point where. You can definitely do some of those things, but I think it's just the way that the organization, um, and specifically, I think I think from what I understand, this is like largely kind of from Carlos. He wants to like, what I would quote unquote, protect the players and like you know let them have their you know own social lives themselves and whatnot. But I think you know. Darren has always said that you know we always have to remember that this is an entertainment product, and we're here for fans as much as we are, you know, here for our own individual success. And I think that the club would really benefit by by doing some more of that kind of thing.
0: Exactly, and of course, it doesn't help that like like you said, there's there's not that many Tito's on this team. Like I saw a picture of like it's like Joseph and Marcy getting a tattoo uh, out on the town the other day. It's kind of like, do you think anyone actually like bothers them? Yeah. Like, do you think anyone like bothers like Mateus is that too when he's out in a while? Like, just doesn't just doesn't resonate in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It just doesn't resonate. All right. Let's see. Uh, Chad says, "What is the most ideal solution for Joseph next season with a year left on his contract? The ideal thing, like I said, is he becomes healthy and is a fifteen to twenty goal contributor who contributes." in more ways than just scoring off the bench but other than that i don't think you're going to get there that's pretty ideal isn't it
1: so i th- i actually think the most ideal thing is to be able to trade him away for a substan, for like a nice chunk of allocation money that yeah. would also free up your dp spot like i think that would be for me that would be the most ideal solution and then you could because then you can replace him with like a younger player again kind of with more of a long-term focus with um, his replacement,
0: I just straight up don't know which team in MLS is gonna to bite.
1: I know, I agree. I don't, that, I don't see know? that as being very likely like to even happen. A,
0: even a team that does goofy stuff like Colorado, we traded for Jesse Zardes <laughs> or Jesse Zardes this year, like they have Jesse Zardes now, Diego Rubio, <laughs> who are doing just fine, <laughs> yeah. right? So you can't convince them that they're like, oh, you really need this DP striker to pacify your fans because you don't have any DPS you know maybe like an RSL could be something like that but can you imagine joseph drinking like 2% ABV beers and salt lake <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> just not a, not that's a funny. great fit for
0: him personally i don't think <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know it, I won't, it's tough it's going to be really tough
1: i wonder if maybe that's one of the like if joseph would be willing to extend his contract at a lower rate because he doesn't because he doesn't want to move ideally. Like he would like to okay. stay. He would genuinely like to stay here. Maybe. I don't know. That's possible.
0: It's possible. But again, I just don't think he's happy here. Not being yeah, patient Not, not
1: with the people. Yeah. Not with the. yeah. No. <laughs> with Carlos, basically. Um, <laughs> Parker says if it's possible and he was willing, would extending Joseph and converting his deal to Tam to open up a DP spot for a midfielder be a good idea or too much risk going into next season with him as your starting striker regardless.
0: Can I reframe um, it to like are you okay with tam super sub joseph martinez right.
1: and max tam probably like 1.5 million
0: super sub yeah <laughs> i think yes i think you may, i think you may disagree with that but i i, I think yes no i in, think in the I, sense that, like you do have that cultural resonance still with him and i think yeah. he can't he clearly can be a contributor off the bench yeah. and in, in situations where he needs to spot start
1: yeah you know in contrast with the last question, it's not my ideal solution, but I think it is one. It's one that I would be I, I would think that would be like a successful move. Yeah, agreed.
0: Let's see. Um, Lush says, "Do we have any information about who's getting interviewed, looked at for the open president role. We don't at this point. Doug Robertson reported the other day that they're just moving along. They just really aren't going to give much information about it, but uh, they have yep. not entered the final stage of interviews from Doug's understanding. So that's where we're at. That's it.
1: No I idea. think the over under for this is like the new year Um, as to when they would like, that's, I think it's like 50 50 as to whether they're able to fill this position before or after the new year. So I, I wouldn't expect anything anytime soon to be perfectly honest. And that's why I think, you know, Carlos is going to be back ultimately. Um, yeah. at least to start next season.
0: Well, frankly, we have a question. Um, Jacob says, I don't know if I'm too late. When do you think we'll start seeing roster moves made? I have the calendar pulled up on that. It's essentially two days after MLS Cup when the roster moves have to be made. That's November seventh. Yeah. Uh, to uh, trade window opens, and then on the fourteenth, that's the club deadline to submit a few day offers and the club deadline to exercise options on players. So in a perfect world, you have that president in by less well, cup right so they can go ahead and start planning for for some of those moves and everything like that along with carlos but i yeah i think you're right i don't i don't really see it happening yeah at this point
1: yeah that would be ideal if they were able to do that but i, I yeah like you said don't uh, see it happening yeah. Kyle
0: cal cram says can we have joseph and marino back next year marcy can be the eight right uh i i no. hard disagree there <laughs> uh is getting eliminated this week really worse than winning out and still not making it no i'd rather i would much rather have just taken losing this week and getting it done with than pretending that we had to to be serious about decision day you know yeah you know, get out in the press box on on sunday give me some food give me some ice cream for the last time this year <laughs> soak it all in man soak it all in I'm, actually not, think even, attendance I'm attendance not actually not even like
1: going to be there, uh, which I thought I just, oh, just not even going to be there. Just realized, so. <laughs> just realized like a couple of days ago, I'm not going to be able to be there, which is sad. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, I've got a
0: what do you think it's going to be like Sunday? It's a good question.
1: Probably pretty light, I, I would no. think. I mean, like, right. that's what your natural logic would tell you, but you never know. So.
0: Later night fans surprise me all the time. So. <laughs> the Braves have a playoff game that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, if that's the case, right, uh, yeah. Falcons are probably playing. Yes. I think so. It's a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: They're playing at the same time. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh,
0: well, there we go. I think there's our <laughs> answer. Right yeah.
1: Up. Could be rough. There's
0: our answer. Let's see. Um, okay. We have a question about Sunday. What changes in the lineup could we see Sunday because the game does yep. matters? Or maybe easier to answer, what changes would y'all like to see for the last game of the season? Do we do like a like a going away thing for Joseph? Like do you sub him off at like a certain point and let him walk off the field and and clap everybody and all that kind of thing. I think that's
1: probably a thing, right? Yeah, it seems to me like I feel like he should start and get that ovation at the end. Um Just because you never know. And I think the fans kind of deserve to see him start. It's great because we can now talk about this game. Like the result, like literally nothing matters (laughs) in this game. Like we can't even play spoiler. Like there's just like nothing. It's Mm -hmm. a totally dead rubber game. It's basically a friendly. um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would like to (laughs) Jackson Conway, get him in. (laughs) I don't (laughs) don't think he's going to start, but um, I wouldn't. I would. I would like to see it, but I just don't think it'll happen.
0: Start mascara. Start. Yeah. If you want. I don't care. Start Caleb. Yeah. yeah. Like, just get the younger guys in, not Franco Ibarra. Uh, Yeah. Figure it out. Uh, let's see. A couple more questions here. We've talked a lot about the starting 11, says John Leach, but what does your ideal bench group look like next year? Guys like Mascara, Satos Wiley, and instant center back who decided not to start are Watts, but who else should be there when next season starts? I don't think we know those names yet. I don't think yep. we know those names. Totally. Yet.
1: Yeah. I think Sader should be back. He's very much a Pineda guy, good solid midfielder. Muscara, I expect well, he will be back. I don't think he's going to be uh, a U22 player. I think that Atlanta right. United will be able to transition him off of that designation and be able to sign another U22 player because he's not expensive. Like he's very much affordable. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. my biggest question though is do they have the allocation money? Right? Do they have any allocation money? Who knows? Yeah, who know?
1: Yeah, we don't who knows? know. We don't know, um, but they can
0: do it. I, I've
1: confirmed that after discussions with with Tom. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, qu- and question for you because uh, this came up when I was writing the post with uh, Rob Uzri that went out this morning. We just do our annual like at the end of the year, kind of give a percentage of you know what are the chances that all these different players are going to return. And Wiley was kind of up in the air. Um, there's been reports that uh, Atlanta United has received offers for Caleb Wiley to this point in time that were like bigger offers than they were getting for George Bello, which shows how much um, he's been valued to this point. I was looking through MLS's rules. And if you like, you know, you can basically add up to 1.1 million in allocation money for a transfer that goes out to your salary budget, uh, which is increased from several years ago. The cap used to be like 650 or something.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the rules are different in some sense for homegrowns. I think you get to keep all that fee.
1: OK. But we'll I, I, I still think it's capped out, though. I, I, I think the team. Okay. So the team gets to keep all the money. The key, The team keeps all the money. So what would normally happen if it's not a homegrown is um, the team would receive a certain percentage of the money and the rest would be distributed to all the other teams in the league, <laughs> which right. is okay. really yep. funny. Um, But as as far as increasing the salary budget, it's capped at uh one point one from what I understand. So. Okay. That is I mean, that would it so back to Wiley. I don't want to see him leave because I really like him, homegrown, easy to root for everything about Caleb Wiley that we know. One point one million would be a lot of allocation
0: money. <laughs> and here's the problem with Caleb next year Andrew Gutman. Is Gutman. Helping.
1: Exactly. Yep. Where do you play Caleb? Are is 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 Caleb Wiley going to play as many games next year with Andrew? If if Andrew Gutman is, you know, playing 90, 90 percent plus of games, if he doesn't have an injury, are you playing Caleb as a winger? Are you doing the Gutman left center back That's thing? Right. That seems to me to be like a makeshift thing that worked, but it's not ideally what you want. Andrew Gutman is mm. best as a pure left back. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky situation. I don't have the answer for this. I'm just kind of throwing out these kinds of issues that surround Wiley.
0: Completely fair. I think if you get the right offer, probably gone. on, right? And which would be great for him. He's going to do well. Yeah. He's going to do well. Let's see. Eli Cash says, uh, oh, this is done. Everybody knows Carlos Bocanegra scuttled the championship roster and began to slowly drag us into a hellish malaise. But this question presupposes the theory. Maybe he didn't. It's a good theory, it's a good theory. I think that's a royal tenant bomb spit, anyway. <laughs> Let's see, we have we have like a couple of like existential questions. Eli Cash says, Is it okay if I'm doubting Gottfried this thesis that we are living in the best possible world that God could create? I think it's fair to question that. Uh, Man of Fact says, Why are we here just to suffer? And it's not necessarily about suffering, it's just being about having the, the free will to, to exercise the fact that you have been given a gift of an opportunity to connect with your fellow human in a way that is untampered with and allowed to create genuine love and connections with people. So it is not necessarily the suffering that is the point, it is the freedom to suffer that is the point, man in fact. Uh, Jeff Patrick, anything you want to add to that?
1: Uh, nope. I think that said it all. Um, <laughs> God, y'all, y'all got bleak. <laughs> um, just looking through some other questions, uh, from Twitter, Sanford. Who should we root for in the playoffs? Cincy, Nashville, Sam. You probably have the best uh guidance for us Cincy, here, right?
0: Like, one, he has got to make it on Sunday. They've kind of yeah. backed themselves into a corner by losing to Chicago of all teams. Who's the most likable
1: team in uh, Cincy? I like it. I like Cincy. My family's from Ohio. Um,
0: Vasquez and Alec Khan looking for. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Alec isn't playing. You know, you got any United connections. Um, I think that's probably the choice, right?
1: I think so. Milan T says Tom Bogert noted uh, a has underperformed his expected goals totals more than any player in the league. Why has he struggled so much this year and where does he fit in the team's future? Um, Oh, that's easy.
0: That's extremely easy. He's underperformed his XG because 90% of his shots are below MLS value or average (laughs) value, right? So if you're piling up a bunch of .04 XG shots, I mean, even if you're taking 10 of those, you're not going to score very often, right? It's extremely easy to understand why he's underperforming his XG simply because he's terrible in his shot selection right now.
1: He hit a couple bangers when he first came to this team um, last season. And I wonder if that was like Josh Smith hitting like a three pointer. And then he just like keeps chucking him up afterwards. Like, no, that's exactly (laughs) what it is.
0: He's taken more shots than anyone from outside the box this year in the league. He scored one time, Joe Patrick, on 40 plus shots one time. That's a Uh, great way to perform your
1: XG. ATL and PDX says any way we can unexempt ourselves from the expansion draft. There are a lot of players I'd like to leave unprotected. We <laughs> will. not. <laughs> uh, Man, God.
0: see this is why we. Uh, this is why we were so mad about the Anton walks thing, y'all. We were. This was foresight as well.
1: Um, trying to. I'm just looking through some of these on Twitter that we haven't already kind of gotten to. Yeah, I think we can just leave it there. I'll answer some more of these on Twitter if uh, if we need to get to them, but man, what a season. We might do like a full autopsy show
0: either on this main feed or on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash 5 Go check that out. Go check out Dirty South Soccer. Of course, go check out thestriker.com. Your subscriptions as we've kind of gotten started this year are greatly, greatly appreciated. Go check out the Daily Kickoff, my daily newsletter for MLS Soccer dot com it's on the website now it's pretty cool you can also sign up for it to come into your inbox each morning and yeah joe patrick anything else you would like to plug before we get out of here
1: no that's it i mean yeah nine two nine the game yeah <laughs> first cell <health> soccer <laughs> check it out check it out guys check it out all right
0: one last time maybe i don't know what's <laughs> that one last so time bye right, y'all